Welcome to Bell Interrupted. Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! This is an embarrassment, a disgrace! What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? Don't do it! You got Tammy and Parker! Hello and welcome to Film Interrupted, the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky to oddly informative to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Well, hombres, welcome back. It's been a little bit since we had a show, but we are here today. We're ready to rock, as they say. Whoever they are. The mysterious they... They are ready to rock, as am I. Today's topic is going to be for the bizarre and mysterious fans out there. We've got all sorts of good paranormal, abandoned, fun junk like that. Yes, everybody, it is the fourth volume, the fourth installment of Spooky Creepy Places. That's Spooky Creepy Places, if you could not understand what I said. Like I said now... Volume 4. There's been three other ones. If you haven't listened to them, go back, check those out. They're a hoot, they're a holler, they're lots of fun. But here today, Volume 4. I'm going to say that again and again and again and beat it into the ground. Volume 4. So, without any further ado, I think we should get into the spooky and creepy. Let us begin, my friends. Hashima Island, Japan. About nine miles from the city of Nagasaki sits an abandoned island, void of inhabitants, but steeped in history. Hashima Island functioned as a coal facility from 1887 until 1974. While thriving as a coal mining facility, Hashima Island was home to thousands. In 1959, it reached its peak population of 5,259 residents. Once the coal reserves started depleting and petroleum began replacing coal, the mines shut down. Of course, when the operation ceased, the people left too. In just three months, the island cleared out. With nobody left to maintain the structures after the island was deserted, many of them collapsed and decayed into rubble over time. Hashima Island went ignored for nearly three decades. But as abandoned concrete walls crumbled and flora flourished, the dilapidated island caught the attention of those interested in the undisturbed historic ruins. After collapsed walls were restored, the island and its undisturbed housing complexes opened to tourists in 2009. The unique setup of the island, particularly the density of the crammed buildings that have undergone the weathering from corrosive seawater, has made it a popular destination. Despite its booming tourist business and film appearances including James Bond's Skyfall, a vast majority of the island remains off-limits to visitors due to its dangerous conditions. If you've not seen this place, Google it now. Go, go right now. I'll wait. Just pause me. Hashima Island is super creepy. There's all these old buildings falling apart, and as soon as you like get to the, the outside of it, it's just a wall, and then it's the ocean. It's like you're, you're stuck. There's no getting away from the derelict, decrepit, dilapidated, depressing, destroyed, I can't think of any more words with D, buildings that are on this island. Whew, check it out, check it out, yo. 
Holy Land, Connecticut. In the early 1950s, John Baptist Greco, a staunch Roman Catholic, had a vision of a roadside theme park devoted to God. By the end of the decade, he had created exactly that, a theme park built to replicate a miniature Bethlehem. By the 1960s, the park was visited by some 40 to 50,000 people a year. That's pretty popular. One could come and see a recreation of the Garden of Eden, biblical-themed scenes, and various tributes to the life and work of Jesus Christ. The park was perhaps best known for its Hollywood-style sign reading Holy Land USA and its 56-foot steel cross that can be seen for miles, especially when lit up at night. In 1984, the park was closed for renovation. Greco had hopes of expanding the site to attract more visitors. However, this was never achieved as he died in 1986. While much of the park remains, in recent years it has become dangerous and was the site of a murder of a young woman in 2010. Damn. Holy Land is far from being the safe haven of replica spirituality that it once was. The property was purchased a few years back and no trespassing signs are posted everywhere. Humberstone, Chile, or Chile, whatever you prefer. Northern Chile is dotted with ghost towns abandoned long ago, which are slowly falling to pieces in the harsh Atacama Desert. These towns were built around a mining industry that produced a product called salt pepper, or sodium nitrate, which was an important part of fertilizer production and some gunpowder in the late 1800s. But with the development of synthetic nitrate, it transformed the world nitrogen market. Synthetic nitrates displaced Chilean salt pepper as the main source of nitrogen, and the Latin American salt pepper industry started to decline. By the 1960s, all the mines had shut down and were sold off for scrap or left to decay. In Humberstone, you will find all of the town's main facilities, including the theater, supermarket, hospital, school, church, main square, market, hotel, train station, mechanics, and sports stadium, which are all open and free to explore. Strangely, behind the church, you can also find a small museum dedicated to the different doors and windows around Humberstone. Okay. Much of the architecture is Art Deco, giving Humberstone the vague feel of a West Coast town, maybe small town America, stuck in time. This is another good one that you got to go check out. So there's this guy. He went to Chile to do this, this uh, saltpeter sodium nitrate business and he wanted all his workers to feel like they were still back in America, right? So like I said here, they got the theater, which is supposed to be amazing. All falling apart now, but supermarkets, hospitals, churches, everything was self-contained within this town because it's the middle of this super harsh, 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 dry desert in Chile. And he wanted to make everyone feel at home, so it almost felt like you were in like America until you, you know, obviously it's like 2,000 degrees, but once you stepped outside of this small town, you're like, oh crap, forgot, I'm in Chile, like, I'm super far from home. But it's really interesting that this guy spent all this time and money to basically attract and convince employees that this was a great place to work, but now it is... Uh, an absolute disaster area, and it's really, really cool looking, like serious urban decay. 
Eastern State Penitentiary, Pennsylvania. Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia was once the most famous and expensive prison in the world, but stands today in ruin. A haunting world of crumbling cell blocks and empty guard towers. Known for its grand architecture and strict discipline, this was the world's first true penitentiary. A prison designed to inspire true regret in the hearts of prisoners. The castle-like Eastern State Penitentiary took solitary confinement to new levels when it was built in 1829. Oh man, it was a long time ago. Prisoners lived alone, exercising alone, ate alone, and when an inmate left his cell, a guard would cover his head with a hood so that he couldn't see or be seen. The prison had to abandon its solitary system due to overcrowding from 1913 until it closed in 1970, although the forms of punishment did not get any less severe. Some say that there was chaining of inmates' tongues to their wrists. Is that real? That sounds so harsh. Like, these guys are criminals, I get it, they're bad people, but do we need to do like stuff that like Satan would do in hell? I mean, it seems a bit extreme. The site now welcomes thousands of visitors a year, both for its museum and ghost tours. Its vaulted skylit cells once held many of America's most notorious criminals, including bank robber Willie Sutton and Al Capone. I gotta tell you folks, I live in New Jersey, I've said it before, Philadelphia is pretty close, Eastern State Penitentiary, I always hear about it, ooh, you gotta go, you like ghosts, you like creepy places, you gotta go. And I have, I have yet to be there. I have not gone. So it's on my to-do list. I've heard it's great even during the day. Like they do, obviously, those paranormal tours. But I've heard it doesn't even matter about that. Like it's super awesome in the day. Just seeing the architecture and these giant corridors and hallways that are just absolutely falling apart. And the paint is like ripping apart, you know, off the walls and stuff scattered about. And it's very spooky, very intimidating. So, you know, I do hope to get there someday, but uh, this one uh, hits kind of close to home. <laughs> Hotel Del Salto, Colombia. Near the scenic waterfall, in the jungles of Colombia, sits a strange sight. <laughs> a massive stone European-style mansion is built right into the side of the hill, overlooking the Bogota River and the Tequidama Falls. Once one of the premier destinations in the entire country, it sat abandoned for decades. As nature reclaimed the structure, inside and out, rumors of something sinister swirled in the countryside. The luxurious Hotel de Salto opened in 1928 to welcome wealthy travelers visiting, again, the Tequidama Falls area. Situated just opposite of the waterfall and on the edge of the cliff, it provided a breathtaking view to its guests. During the decades, though, the Bogota River was contaminated and tourists gradually lost interest in the area. The Bogota River has been reported to be the second most polluted river on Earth with a very foul smell. Ugh, ugh, like farts. Ugh. No, I don't know. They say that people chose this high-altitude spot to commit suicide by jumping into the river. The river also consists of feces and garbage waste from the around 8 million dwellers in Bogota, 
and the chemicals from the industries which pollute the river. Many locals claim that the hotel is haunted. With all that feces. <laughs> so much feces just haunting everywhere. Guests and visitors there used to hear loud cries from inside the hotel after sunset, which led to their belief about the existence of ghosts. The hotel finally closed down in the early 1990s and was left abandoned ever since until reopening as a museum in 2011. Just a fill note here, sidebar. This hotel is literally on a cliffside. Like there's a road to your left and then on the right side is this really cool like stone hotel, really neat architecture and then a straight drop down into a bottomless pit of death at the bottom of this huge canyon waterfall. But right across from it is this really cool waterfall that's coming out of the out of the mountains, out of the forest, the rainforest or whatever it is. There. It looks really cool and there's all pictures of it in the mist and it is a definitely it's a, an amazing looking building, pretty extraordinary stuff. Definitely should be a movie film there. I think there has been actually. The I am Cooling Tower, Belgium. In a small Belgian town sits an abandoned power station. Its magnificent cooling tower still looms over the town, no longer creating electricity, but providing plenty of dystopian views. Power plant IM was originally built in 1921. When it was finished, it was one of the largest coal-burning power plants in Belgium. Water would be let into the cooling tower, where it would be cooled by the wind swept in from portals in the base of the tower, releasing billows and columns of hot air. Confusing. That's confusing wording. By 1977, the power plant and its massive tower was the main source of energy in the area, and it is said to be able to cool down 480,000 gallons of water per minute. That seems like a pretty efficient system. During the 1970s, new components were even added to the power plant so that it could use gas power. However, the power plant's days in the sun were numbered. Following years of service, a report found that power plant IM was responsible for 10% of the total carbon dioxide emissions in Belgium. Due to this, protests from Greenpeace, ugh, hippies, in 2006 gave the power plant a lot of negative attention. Hmm, surprise, like PETA. And it closed in 2007. After it was closed down, there were reports of looting by metal scrappers. Darned people. Today, security guards are often posted on site, a fact that has not deterred many urban explorers from investigating the cooling tower's moss-coated inyards. Gulliver's Travels Park, Japan Gulliver's Travels is a classic novel which has inspired legions of schoolchildren and adults with its imaginative wit and satirical undertones. I have no idea what Gulliver's Travels is. Do you? Maybe I'm just some simpleton Yankee Doodle, but I don't know what that is. Never read it. Less inspiring, however, is the abandoned Japanese theme park based on the 18th century book, which was left to rot after closing down in 2001. Gulliver's Kingdom, or Gulliver's Travels Park, opened its doors just four years earlier in 1997, but was forced to close due to lack of customers. Four years, that is weak. 
Some speculate that the park attracted so few visitors because of its proximity to the nearby grim locations. Gulliver's Kingdom theme park was built next to Mount Fiji, near the Okiagara, which is Japan's famous suicide forest. I believe I covered this in one of the other previous spooky, creepy places. And close to the former headquarters of Ayom Shinriko, the religious cult responsible for 13 deaths in the Tokyo Sarin nerve gas attack in 1995. Or is it Sarin? Sarin nerve gas attack. I remember that briefly, sort of, a little bit, vaguely. The eerie centerpiece of the park and its claim to fame is the 147-foot statue of Gulliver himself being tied to the ground by the miniature Lilliputians, no idea who they are, who he encountered during his first adventures. The park was destroyed in 2007. So that shit's gone. It's done. But, uh, it's pretty cool. This giant-ass statue of Gulliver, whoever he is, it would be a very strange thing to uh, walk upon if you were not ready to see see that in this little creepy town based on, off the novel. Very strange, gigantic. It's like it's like if um like the Statue of Liberty was like laid on its side and then like nailed down. It it's a very strange. Japanese people are very strange. No offense to Japanese people, but they're very strange to me. Chris McCandless Bus, Alaska. On September 6th, 1992, the decomposed body of Christopher McCandless was discovered by moose hunters just outside the northern boundary of the Denali National Park in Alaska. Chris had died inside of a rusting bus that had served as a makeshift shelter for trappers and other backcountry visitors. Taped to the door was this note. Attention, possible visitors. S.O.S. I need your help. I am injured, near death, and too weak to hike out of here. I am all alone. This is no joke. In the name of God, please remain to save me. I am out collecting berries close by and shall return this evening. Thank you. Chris McCandless. August? The reason I say that is because it says August with a question mark. From a cryptic diary found among his possessions, it appeared that McCandless had been dead for nearly 19 days. The probable cause of death was starvation. Whew, that's a terrible way to go. There is a movie, and I'm totally brain farting on what it's called, about this jack-off, Chris McCandless. This dude, if you don't know about him, you don't know about the story. I'm just going to go into it real quick. He, is, he was a kid. I think he graduated from college, I want to say. Early 20s, I forget exactly. I'm just sort of paraphrasing, guessing here. But I, I do. I have seen stuff about this. Into the Wild, or Into the Wilderness, is the name of the movie about him. It's a good movie. You should check it out. So anyway, he graduates from school, and he's like, No, you know what? F this. Like, I am done with modern society. I'm done with the expectations. I'm not doing any of this. I don't want to live off... I don't want to have any money. I don't want, like, very, very limited amount of money. I just want to live off the land. Like, I just want to experience life. I don't want to have to deal with mortgages and bills and social media, even though I don't think that was a thing at the time. 
any of that crap from modern society and want to have anything to do with what our norms are that we have to deal with. And he basically went off the grid, hardcore. And he traveled around the country, he hitchhiked, he did odd jobs to get a little bit of money so he could get food and stuff like that, and then travel to other places. Ended up all over the place. Like, seriously, it's a wild, wild freaking story. And his main place he always wanted to get to was Alaska. So when he got there, he's hiking through the bush, and he goes across this, like, river, like a kind of like a raging river at the time. Or maybe it was low at the time. I forget the exact story, like I said. But either way, he gets across this river, and he finds this, like, old decrepit bus. And he's like, oh, dude, all right, I'm going to camp out there. So he's, like, hunting animals and collecting berries and and uh, different things to eat. He didn't have any, like, good survival training. He was just, like, a kid going out on his own. And he messed up bad because he ended up, like I said here, dying of starvation. And he couldn't get out. The river was too high. People speculate he couldn't swim across. He got weak. And nobody came by because it was, like, winter. And it was terrible conditions. You're up in Alaska. So he severely underestimated what he was up against, thinking that he could survive anything. Big mistake, buddy boy. And it led to his ultimate demise. Now, some people say that he had eaten some sort of like a poisonous uh, berry or root. I forget, again, exactly what it was. He ate something that was poisonous, right? Which which polluted him, and he was uh, unable to... It, it weakened him further, right? Than his already, you know, gaunt state that he was in. Now, like I said, there's a lot of speculation as to that may have really been one of the major factors uh, leading leading to his, uh, his untimely demise. But it is a truly interesting story. And I don't really know whether I... Th- I think mostly that this Chris McCandless guy is a bit of um, bit of an idiot. I think a lot of people would say that. But at the same time, I kind of have to give him some credit because as adults, don't you just sometimes want to just like... Just every once in a while, just just forget about it all. Like, right? Like, just... Like, this is stupid. I'm paying health care insurance. I'm paying auto insurance. Like, you're just doing a lot of stuff that is so normal to us, everyday life. But some of it's so stupid, you know? Like, why are we doing this? Why, why can't we just be, like, traveling and going to beaches and just enjoying life instead of, like, you know, paying off, like, credit card debt? Like, I don't know. We get really caught up in our, our world and... I give this kid some credit for just being like, F it. I am living life in its purest form at the time, and I'm not going to deal with any of this. Pretty cool idea, pretty cool concept, but at the same time, uh, he ended up dead in a bus all alone because of these kind of radical views that he had. So maybe he should have found some like middle ground. But, but anyway, the Chris McCandless bus, Alaska. Quite a story. Aniva Rock Lighthouse, Russia. The Aniva Lighthouse was built by the Japanese in 1939 on a chunk of rock off the southern coast of Sakhalin, wherever that is, a thin long island situated just east of Russia. Huh, okay. The island was largely uninhabited in the 1800s when both Japan and Russia suddenly became interested in it. The Russians wanted it for use as a penile colony. This lighthouse is one of many that are part of the Polar Nuclear Lighthouses. These were put along the coast of Russia to help aid in the passage of ships. Since they could not be crewed, 
force supplied constantly, these autonomous nuclear-powered lighthouses were erected. Is that safe? That doesn't sound safe to me. Many think that these are radioactive because they are nuclear-powered. <laughs> I always say nuclear, but it's nuclear-powered. But there isn't a clear answer for this. So are they dangerous or not? God damn it, we don't know. Regardless, now the Aniva lighthouse is abandoned. It's seven stories of diesel engines, accumulator rooms, keepers' living spaces, radio facilities, storerooms, large clockwork pendulum, and the pool of mercury, among many things listed here, are left behind to face the relentless ocean waves assault. Orador, France. In 1944, the entire town, made up of 642 men, women, and children, was slaughtered by Nazi German soldiers after mistakenly believing an officer was being held captive there. After the slaughter, the matter was brought to the attention of the officers that they had, indeed, been in the wrong village. Wow. What a mistake. Today, a new village was erected nearby, but the remnants and the aftermath of this tragedy remain as a reminder to never forget those who lived there. The Great Wall of China Because the Great Wall of China is over 13,000 miles long, some parts of it fall into a state of disrepair due to the cost of managing such a large structure. The wall was built to protect mainland China from the Mongolians to the north. The first version of the wall was made from compacted earth, as opposed to the stone bricks that we think of today, and it took only 15 years to complete. After its initial completion, the wall was largely abandoned. Being expensive to maintain and guard, subsequent dynasties either let it decay or reinforced sections of it for defensive purposes or deconstructed it to use for parts. It wasn't until roughly 1400 that the Ming Dynasty started to work on the wall that we know today. The real wall is definitely not visible from space. It's far too thin, and most of it is decayed and unusable. In the Gobi Desert, many kilometers of it are completely buried in sand. In other sections, it is completely overrun by lush forests. From a defensive perspective, the wall, even in its peak, was super frivolous and that it was meant to keep out the Mongolians, but was completely ineffective as they ended up attacking by horseback and as such avoided much of the mountainous land that the wall occupies. The portions of the Great Wall that are normally shown in photos are maintained and continually rebuilt by the Chinese government. This of course is not the case for the vast majority of today's Great Wall. The remote parts of the wall are overrun by vegetation and run down by weather. Body Farm, Texas Situated in the heart of central Texas is an unusual farm. If you were to stumble upon this particular farm, you wouldn't find corn or cotton. You'd find corpses in cages. This isn't the plot of a horror movie, however. It's a legitimate research facility in Texas. 
Locals call it the Body Farm. The Body Farm is part of the Freeman Ranch, which is a larger research operation of Texas State University. Here, students study the differing effects of the elements on deceased human bodies. Scientists can learn a lot from observing the decay of the human body. The knowledge gained at the farm impacts criminal court cases as well as medical science. Though it may seem odd to cage a dead body, the cages are there to prevent wildlife from getting to the cadavers. That way scientists can study insect and microbiological decay alone. Some of the bodies are left in the open, however, in order to better understand how wildlife impacts decomposition. There are currently about 50 bodies in various states of decay at the Freeman Ranch facility, and they won't run out anytime soon. There are around 200 living people who plan to donate their bodies to this research effort once they pass away. If you think this is all horrifying, then it will shock you to learn that there is more than one body farm in Texas. In fact, there are six body farms nationwide. Nationwide is on your side, body farms. Drop what you're doing and go YouTube body farms in Texas. It's awesome. Check it out. It's creepy stuff. It's really gross what the human body does. Castle of Good Hope, South Africa. The Castle of Good Hope in Cape Town, South Africa, was built in the 17th century by the Dutch East India Company. It's the country's oldest colonial building, originally serving as a replenishment station for ships passing the treacherous waters of the Cape. The first reported paranormal occurrence was when the apparition of a large gentleman was seen in 1915 on one of the castle's remparts. What the hell's a rempart? I don't know. The man wasn't seen again until 1947. What? That's like freaking 30 years. And then he was seen on a regular basis over a two-week period. Oh. He would be seen jumping off the side of one of the castle walls and walking about. One of the most popular stories associated with the castle is of the former governor, Peter Geisberg van Noot. He died on April 23, 1728, the same day that he had sentenced to death seven soldiers who were caught attempting to desert the military. It's believed one of the soldiers placed a curse on him and demanded that he come watch the execution, which he didn't, blew him off. Later that day, Van Noot was found dead, slouched over his desk with a look of terror on his face. Another famous haunting is of the Lady in Grey. She, Lady in Grey. She has been witnessed running through the castle, holding her face and crying hysterically. However, since a woman's body was found during a recent excavation, her ghost hasn't been reported. That's kind of interesting, right? Who's here about these ghosts that never quit haunting people? This one said, you found me. I'm happy. I can go where I need to go. I'm out of here. Peace out. That's what she said. Sometime in the 1700s, a soldier was found hanging from the bell rope in the bell tower which overlooks the entrance to the castle. After his death, the bell tower was sealed off. However, to this day, 
the bell has been known to chime on its own accord. There is also the ghost of a black dog who has been known to pounce on unsuspecting visitors and then simply vanish into thin air. Cujo, perhaps. The Tower of London, England. Well, this is a popular one. The Tower of London was built by William the Conqueror in 1078. God damn, that's a long time ago. That blows these other ones away. It is a complex of multiple buildings set within two rings of walls built to keep intruders out. Gotta keep them out. Gotta keep them separated. God, I'm doing a lot of really bad musical references. Several expansions have been made by kings during the 12th and 13th centuries. Although there have been a lot of modifications and additions to the tower, the original layout of the tower remains. The Tower of London has played a major role in the history of England. The use of the tower as a place for captives popularized the term sent to the tower. Although there has been a lot of talk and a pervading belief that the tower is a place of death and torture, only a total of seven people were executed within the tower, a figure which is low compared to other places. The executions were commonly held on the notorious hill of the castle. See, not in the castle, on the hill. In a 400-year period, 112 executions took place on Notorious Hill. Not to be confused with Notorious B.I.G. Another bad music reference. You're welcome. During the two world wars, the castle was again used as a prison, and 12 men were executed for espionage. The castle was badly damaged during the Blitz in the Second World War, but it was repaired and opened to the public. You don't know about the Blitz people, Germany, dropping bombs by plane. Come on, get up to date with your history. During its 900 plus years of existence, the Tower of London has earned the reputation of being one of the most haunted places in the UK. Arbella Stort is one of the castle's most famous ghosts. It is said that her ghost stays in the Queen's house on Tower Green. According to records, Arbella Stort married the nephew of Lady Jane Grey, William Seymour. The marriage was thought of as a threat because it did not have the permission of King James I. King James LeBron? Is that who they speak of? I don't think so. Arbella was put under house arrest while her husband William was sent to the tower. Arbella plotted to get William released so that they could travel together to France. However, William missed the rendezvous. Whoops. Arbella set sail all alone, but she was recognized and was sent back, this time to the tower. William, on the other hand, made it to freedom. See, worked out for him. She stayed there until her death in 1615 in the Queen's house. It is believed that she was murdered in the castle. The most persistent of all ghosts in the Tower of London is that of no other than Queen Anne Boleyn. She was married to King Henry VIII. She was arrested and taken to the Tower Green and was beheaded on May 19, 1536. Several sightings of Anne Boleyn have been reported. She appears close to the site where she was executed and has also been seen leading a procession 
down the aisle of a chapel. Several people have reported seeing her headless body walking the tower's corridors. Now, the Bloody Tower is a place in the castle which conjures up grisly images. There is the story of two young princes, Edward V and his brother Richard, who were declared illegitimate by the Parliament and sent to the tower. They were often seen playing around happily in the grounds, but suddenly vanished and were never seen again. It was assumed that they were murdered by order of their uncle, the Duke of Gloucester. Two skeletons, believed to be children, were unearthed beneath a staircase in the White Tower. The ghosts of the children are often seen wearing nightgowns, clutching each other in terror. They are also heard throughout the tower. Guards of the Tower of London have reported having a terrible crushing sensation upon entering the place where King Henry VIII's impressive suit armor is exhibited. The guards who have patrolled the grounds have reported a sensation of someone throwing a cloak over them. When they try to free themselves, the cloth is seized from behind and pulled tightly around their throats by an unseen attacker. Devil's Tramping Ground, North Carolina Deep in the North Carolina woods, about 50 miles south of Greensboro, is a mysterious circle where no plant or tree will grow, nor any animals cross its path. The reason? The 40-foot clearing is where the devil comes to stomp and dance every night. At least that's according to local legends. The area has built up quite the eerie reputation over the years, with people claiming to see red eyes glowing there at night, and placing their belongings in the circle in the evening, only to find them thrown back out the next morning. This is presumably so that the devil can clear his dance floor. I like that one. It's just so, so hyped up. It's awesome. The Fairmount Banff Springs Hotel, Canada. The Banff Springs Hotel in Alberta, Canada was built in 1888 and was originally a wooden structure. It was built out of necessity when the Canadian Pacific Railway stretched westwards. A high-class hotel was needed for people traveling along the route. With its breathtaking mountain scenery and natural hot springs, it had a lot to be proud of. Surrounded by pristine wilderness, snow-capped mountains, and magical lakes, the Banff Springs Hotel is truly one of Canada's most majestic hotels and haunted by the paranormal. During the construction of the original wooden hotel, there was a big error from the contractor. A room was built with no windows or doors, a fact that wasn't ever shared with the hotel owner. The room was only discovered after a fire broke out in 1926. Since then, apparitions are often seen roaming the hall outside of the room. Speaking of rooms, room 873. This room was reportedly the scene of a tragic murder of an entire family. Its door has since been bricked up 
and made to look like the rest of the wall in the hallway. Guests have reported seeing apparitions outside of this room, possibly members of the family, that were reported to have been murdered there. But perhaps the most famous is the legend of the Burning Bride. Stories suggest a woman dressed in her wedding gown lost her life on the staircase. She tumbled down, broke her neck. No, I don't, I don't think that was it. There were candles on the staircase when the bride was walking up them. Then suddenly, her dress caught on fire. In a panic, she tripped and fell down the stairs, dying from a broken neck. So she did fall down the steps. Very dangerous. Many people have reported seeing her ghost in a full wedding gown, often dancing in the ballroom. Guests and staff have, in some cases, witnessed the flames from her dress as she dances. Others have witnessed the woman on the staircase exactly where she lost her life. Staff have even reported strange noises coming from the bridal suite, even when the suite is vacant. However, the most popular of all the ghosts at the Banff Springs Hotel is Sam McCauley. He was a bellman at the hotel in the 60s and 70s. Although not much is known about how or where he died, his ghost is said to haunt the hotel to this day. He has been known to appear in his 1960s uniform, helping guests get into locked doors, turn on room lights, or help with carrying their bags. The strong ghost. He is often witnessed on the ninth floor. If you try to start a conversation or attempt to tip Sam, he will vanish. Iowa Bakui Forest, Romania. I'm sure that is not how it's pronounced. The Hoia Bakui Forest is often referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of Romania. The Hoia Bakui Forest has a reputation for intense paranormal activity and unexplained events. Reports have included ghost sightings, unexplained apparitions, faces appearing in photographs that were not visible with the naked eye, and in the 1970s, UFO sightings were reported. Visitors to the forest often report intense feelings of anxiety and the feeling of being constantly watched. Moreover, the local vegetation is somehow bizarre in appearance, like something out of a make-believe story with strangely shaped trees and unexplained charring on tree stumps and branches. These strangely shaped trees are like bent in a giant U-shape. Like it makes no sense. Like a tree is coming up from the ground, then it goes into a, like a horizontal U-shape, and then it continues normal. Super weird. Check it out. Most people who live near the forest are afraid to enter it due to the stories and the legends that have been handed down. They believe that those who visit the site will never return back home. Many of the locals who have been brave enough to venture into the forest complain of physical harm, including rashes, nausea, vomiting, projectile vomiting, it doesn't say that, migraines, burns, scratches, anxiety, and other unusual sensations. This dense forest first gained notoriety in the late 1960s, when a biologist named Alexandru Sift 
snapped several amazing photos of a flying disc-shaped object in the sky above the forest. On August 18, 1968, a military technician captured a famous photograph of a saucer flying over the forest. In the 1970s, the area was a hotbed for UFO sightings and unexplained lights. The forest has a reputation for paranormal and unexplained activity, and people have witnessed numerous strange events on the land. The most common phenomena includes the sudden appearance of mysterious orbs of light. People also report hearing disembodied female voices breaking the heavy silence. How do they know they're disembodied? They hear giggling and even apparitions. There are many cases of people reportedly being scratched. All of these things happen with no reasonable explanation. Some people believe that the forest is a gateway to another dimension. Within the dark interior of the forest, people have been known to disappear. Strange lights have been seen and the wind seems to speak. Several stories tell of people entering the forest and experiencing missing time. Some have been known to be missing for quite some time with no recollection of how that time was spent. One such story focuses on a five-year-old girl who wandered into the woods and got lost. The story goes that she emerged from the forest five years later wearing the same untarnished clothes that she wore on that day she disappeared and she had no memory of what had happened in that interval of time. Other paranormal activity seems to be focused on the inexplicable clearing in the forest that is a vegetation dead zone. It is nearly a perfect circle in the woods where nothing ever grows. Oh, that sounds like the North Carolina one. Soil samples have been taken from the site and analyzed, but results show that there is nothing in the soil that would prevent the growth of plant life. It's the devil dancing, you idiots. Come on, Romania, get with the program. Locals believe that it is a hub for paranormal activity. While some of the stories about this legendary location may seem exaggerated, it's hard to ignore the fact that something is going on in this forest that we may not completely understand. There are people who believe that within the forest, there is a portal that provides access to other universes. There are also countless legends and stories about contact with entities outside of our known world. Pittock Mansion, Oregon. Oregonian pioneers Henry and Georgiana Pittock, whew, that's a bit of a sentence there, decided to build their dream house when they reached their golden years, and that was in 1909, spurring the innovative design and construction of the Pittock Mansion. Unfortunately, the couple only got to enjoy their home for a few years before passing away. The building is now a public landmark where some strange occurrences have been reported. Such as the smell of roses, that was Georgiana's favorite bloom, filling a room with absolutely no flowers in it, and a childhood painting of Henry moving on its own from spot to spot within the house. Clearly, death was not enough of a reason for the Pittocks to vacate their beloved home. And the final one of this podcast, The Devil's Kettle, Minnesota. 
The Brule River, located in Minnesota, splits in half to form two waterfalls on its way to Lake Superior. The eastern waterfall flows normally down a two-step stone embankment, falling into a pool at the bottom before continuing on down the river. The western one, however, is an unsolved geological mystery. It falls into a huge gaping pothole known as the Devil's Kettle and then completely disappears. No one has any idea where the water goes. Over the years, people have unsuccessfully attempted to solve the mystery by pouring dye, logs, or even ping pong balls into the falls and then watching the lake for any sign of them. There's much speculation over the reason for this puzzling phenomena, including the existence of an underground river that flows to Lake Superior, or possibly a hidden lava tube that formed when the rocks first solidified. However, neither of these theories have been proven. Alright, there you have it, homeboys and homegirls. That is the list of Spooky Creepy Places, Volume 4. I do hope you enjoyed, guys. You can send me an email about any of those places or anything else at philinterrupted at gmail.com. You can also go to circularlogicstudios.com. That's sort of like the home base for this podcast and other ones. You can check out the Hunt a Killer series, which is an eight-series podcast I did with my wife. It's a like detective mystery cold case um, fictional story. Pretty cool, kind of like a radio play. Um, I don't do many plugs, but I figured I would do a real quick one for that. And there's also the old Breaking Batacheck podcast out there. It's a classic. I know it's a little dated at this point, but it's a classic. So uh, CircularLogicStudios.com. Check it out. Dudes, I had a great time. Ooh, it was creepy. I'm feeling creepy here in the studio. But that's just a good amount to do it here. We're, uh, we're out of time. We're done. It's over. So what? Who cares? Whatever. That's it. We're making moves here on Phil Interrupted, and we will catch you next time. Peace The Bogota River has been reported to be the second most polluted river on Earth with a very foul smell. Ugh, ugh like farts. Ugh. Many locals claim that the hotel is haunted. With all that feces. Bomb in here.